0: Welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five sponsored by Takeoff and the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The Omni Talk Fast 5 is the podcast that we hope each week makes you a little smarter and feel a little bit happier too. It is December 16th. I am your host, Chris Walton. I'm Ann Mazinga. And we are here to bring you our favorite show of the year, our annual look back at 2021 and to hand out some hardware. And because it is time to give out our annual OmniTalk Retail Awards. Are you ready for this?
1: I am. Are you? You're sounding better than last week.
0: I'm sounding marginally better. Yes, I am sounding marginally better. But fortunately, we, have, we brought in some ringers today yes. to help us give out these awards. And so I am pleased to introduce two of our all-time favorite guests on our show, I-
1: I feel like we need a montage. Like when the, they give away the Emmy Awards, it's like, let's show Kristen and Dave and like all these like laughing, joking episodes from the past year that they've been a part of the Amish right. So they, just, this is a podcast, so try to imagine that happening before we introduce them.
0: Right, right. They've been on the show like three or four times each. But yes, without further ado, we have Kristen kohler Burroughs and David Ritter of the a Consumer and Retail Group joining us today. Kristen and David, how are you?
2: We are great. I thought you were going to say a montage of like plaid shirts, given that, you know, oh, that's Yeah,
1: it. <laughs> we should. We should have. We should have done the plaid shirts today, Lumberjack Dave, don't yeah. you think?
3: Oh, yeah. It's the end of the year. It's a wow. new me, so uh, I'm excited to be here. <laughs> and, next year, we'll be
1: much better prepared. Yes, yeah, yes.
0: Next year, we will coordinate our outfits for those watching our video and for those listening on the podcast, which would who would actually find no value in us doing that whatsoever. I bet but, they would
1: feel the warmth of the flannel coming <laughs>
0: through the microphone. They would feel the warmth. I think you're right, Ann. I think you're right. So a couple of housekeeping things before we get started. We are off for the next two weeks, so we're taking a break. Yes. Holidays are coming. New Year's coming, so we'll be back. Better than ever, or hopefully at least better than your expectations, starting the first week in January as we gear up for NRF, which, as we said last week, some big, big efforts going on there. We're going to be live streaming like crazy. Then we go to Manifest. Busy, busy uh, January. I can't wait for it, Ann.
1: I don't know about you. 2022 is going to start off with a bang to replace 2021, which was... Uh, it was a difficult Omni year. We survived, Chris. Kind of you, a downer you year. Especially a stroke, you especially, stroke. Actually know. survived. I'm
0: barely hanging on right now with the boys, but but yeah, but we got through it. And uh, this is going to be a great show. So for those listening, David and Kristen and we've 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 got a slew of awards we're going to hand out yes. based on all the retail news we saw this past year. None of us know what each other's going to say, so this no. is going to be totally spontaneous. And quite honestly, it's going to be really interesting to see where we line up and where we diverge in our opinions and. I can't wait for it. So let's get right to it, I think. Let's do Anne, it. Dave, Kristen. All right, let's go. First category, we're gonna start off with a bang, as Anne said, retailer of the year. Kristen, why don't you go first?
2: Oh, you're you're picking me first, huh? Oh, yes, oh, of course. Yes. Ladies well, first as always. Look, um, I, I think first of all, when I thought about how was I actually gonna evaluate um, you know, what was the framework to pick the retailer of the year, one of my key points was what happened to the stock assuming it's a public retailer right
0: that's kind of a kind of an important point
2: (laughs) kind of of an important one um and and beyond that you know what sort of bold moves did this retailer make to not only survive but thrive during covid Mm -hmm. um and you know me i've always got to go back to my roots which which is in shoes okay so i am picking crocs Crocs,
0: oh, really, so yeah. no personal bias going into this one. Okay,
2: Crocs, right. why
0: Crocs? What is your rationale?
2: Oh, stock price up 130% this year. Figured out really how to tap into kind of the cultural zeitgeist of being different, yep. right? Which certainly engaged not only millennials, but the Gen Z population. Yep. You know, made bold moves of getting out of certain wholesale distribution. You know, obviously had right-sized their store fleet um, double down on digital. And look, they're also making a sustainability play, you know, with thread up and on top of that have pitched, I think by 2025, um, to make even much more significant gains in the sustainability front. So okay. I'm all about Crocs.
0: Okay. Okay. I got to tell you, it's feeling a little like my Peloton pick last year. It is one that I tend to regret looking back on things, but, but all right, let's see who else we got here. And what about you?
1: Well, Kristen, I got to ask first, are you a, like a, pro crocs wearing and pro crocs Crocs because that's uh gonna determine how i feel about you
2: actually i'm not a croc wearer okay okay, thank god all all. right uh but i do have a family of crockers yes
1: okay likewise likewise (laughs) but yes i think i think that's a great pick i was not i was not expecting definitely i hadn't i
0: hadn't considered them but yeah i mean when you look at the stock price that's pretty impressive but Ann, what did you think
1: okay my retailer of the year is Albertsons. Albertsons? Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. Um, I picked Albertsons because, number one, Chris Rupp, like that woman is just killing it. If we, I mean, I know we're going to say CEO of the year. I wish I could pick Chief Digital and Customer Officer of the year because that woman is, I think she's just tearing stuff up over there. Yeah. They are doing... You know, they have Pretty done innovative. tons of tests this year with Instacart and other third party delivery providers. They are testing fast, they are putting everything out there and they are pulling it back when it's not working. They just launched the new micro fulfillment center in the Jewel Osco in Chicago. Um, right down the street from Amazon, which I think is another smart move they're making themselves. They're doing the most I think in terms of tech to be defensible against Amazon Fresh and the threat to grocery that that provides. And then lastly, I think um, you know we talked about it earlier in the year the automated kiosk that they did with Cleveron in the parking lot of Jewel Osco. Also, um, Chris Chris Rupp said in her interview cool. with when I did that I did with her, she's like we are trying to make lo- you know food, which is a very personal thing so much simpler for families. We're trying to bank on convenience and make life better for our customers, and I really think that they did that this year.
0: Yeah, I like that. I like, that was actually my second pick, believe it or not. Oh. Yeah, and the stock price, too, up double where it yes. was this time last yes. year. So I think 15 versus 30 now, as I just looked that up. But uh, yeah, they were my second pick. So Who was
1: your first pick? Uh,
0: you want me to tell you now, or do you want to go hear what Dave has to say Oh, uh, let's first? go with, let's Dave with Dave first. Okay. Yeah, you can go. I want to see out. if Dave has mine. I want to see if he picked mine. I'm curious. All right, so mine is Lululemon. Um, wow. I, okay. I you guys you have to add the some, apparel companies. All right. I think you have to add some context
3: of what a crazy year it's been for Lulu. Mm-hmm. They did a mirror acquisition. Their Peloton partnership melted down and resulted in a lawsuit. They're facing supply chain issues and labor issues. Um, and yet they still managed to deliver a record year. I don't know if you guys saw, but their Q3 revenue was up 30%, and it's not on a small base. We're talking billions. No. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And underneath that, if you peel it back, their men's business is exploding. So the men's business is up 44%. So they've really cracked how to expand into men's. And you can also see that their international is taking off. So the international expansion plans uh, are going incredibly well. So I think in the face of some real serious headwinds and challenges,
0: uh, their ability to execute and deliver has just been amazing this year. Okay. Interesting. You know, they were my pick for 2019. And if you remember back that far, yeah, this Dave, I've one question for you though. Like, what do you think about the mirror acquisition? They, they, they pretty much lowered the expectations pretty handedly in that last earnings uh, statement. What do you think about that? Does that put any dent into how you're
3: feeling about this? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, listen, you know, uh, I think the mirror acquisition is going to take time, right? Um, it certainly hasn't, uh kind of taken off at the at the rate that they expected but nonetheless I think it, you know if you had to ask anyone if they'd be up 30 percent on a 1.5 billion dollar base this right. quarter most people would be excited so some I, I think the stock markets reaction might be a little bit uh I don't know a little.
0: Uh, emotional. Okay, so so the the mirror the the performance of mirror doesn't reflect in your opinion on them. Get what I did <laughs> there? Yeah, that was good. huh All right, awesome. All right, well, all right. I, no, I, so... I gotta say that
2: that sorry that ABC Jogger is like the uniform of the male of the suburban male, right? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. on the baseball fields, the cross fields, yeah. football yeah. fields. Yeah, yeah. It's very hard to transition from a women's brand to a to a brand that also. Um, is equally or as successful in men. So, I, Dave, I would I would high five you on that
0: one. All right. So good, good. I think all these picks are pretty solid yeah. so far. So far. Wow, I'm shocked though that none of us matched up on retailer yeah, of the year. It shows too. you how many retailers did really well. Okay, my pick is actually Kroger. Ooh. So Kroger stock price done very well. Looked it up, 31 bucks about a year ago. Now at 45 dollars a share. I think the reason I singled them out is because I think they did a total baller move. Going into Florida and New York by way of the Ocado Automation Partnership. Oh, God, you love them for that so I much. I do. I mean, they don't have stores. and They're saying, hey, we're going to do this. Yeah. Meanwhile, Walmart's trying it in a different way, like trying to go into New York with Instacart, which I think is just laughable given what Kroger's doing. And, and Kroger's also seemingly, from sources, experimenting with smaller versions of either the Ocado concept or some different type of automation to get to their more, lo- their more traditional markets as well. Yeah. And so I just think it shows, you know, they they've got a handle on where things are going next. So I give them a lot of credit. David, what do you think though?
3: I mean, I think even over and above that, Kroger going into alternative revenue streams like media and marketing and data, uh, they're very cutting edge. So I I,
0: I think it's a smart pick. Smart pick. All right.
3: I
1: got yes, come... I got
0: the AM validation yeah. on the smart pick. Yeah. I like that. All, all right. right, all right. All right. You want to do CEO of the year? Yes. And why don't you start with CEO of the year?
1: Okay. So CEO of the year. I was going to give it to Brian Cornell, but it's so obvious. Like that's we just we can't the...
0: homer it though. I no, mean, just but
1: everybody is giving. NRF gave him the like visionary yeah. of the year. Everybody's going there. So I, I this is one where I was like, no, 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 we're gonna do a little bit more digging. So I'm picking Lauren Hobart of Dick's Sporting Goods. Oh, yes, solid. She pick. is the solid first. Pick. First non-family yeah. member and first female um, CEO that they've had joining the ranks of the very few female CEOs in the retail industry. But um, namely, I think that she should be recognized for the what she's done since she's joined in February 2021 as the CEO or not joined. She's been there, but as she was named CEO in February, they are doing tons of cool experiential Formats, new store formats yeah, that they've rolled up time. this year, the giant partnership recently with Nike, Nike. where they're yep. going to be like in lockstep with their loyalty programs. Plus, I think that as, you know, they continue to, she's pushed a lot of youth sports programs and kind of bringing that into Dick's Sporting Goods, which I think when you talk about who's still going to those stores is going to be critical to their growth strategy. Yeah. You know, putting batting cages in there, being that yeah. destination for youth sports every every season, I think is going to be That's youth. a great
0: pick, Ann. I love that too, because it's a CEO whose name's not on the tip of our no. tongue. Like so many of them are right. almost ad nauseum a lot of times. I, that's great. David, what, do you, what what's your pick here? Did you go with the same one for retailer of the year or did you try to
3: change up I did not. Like although did? I did go uh, in line with Ann's last pick. So I went with Vivek Sankaran at Albertsons. Oh, yeah. Uh, many wow. of the things that Ann right. said. I think one thing just that a lot of people don't know is Albertsons was just starved of capital and innovation for years with yeah. private equity backing. Um, and what you know, Vivek and his team have done is pretty amazing. Everything from their omni-channel strategy with micro fulfillment centers and the partnerships that Anne was alluding to i particularly like the doordash partnership where it's a restaurant plus kind of grocery top up which Mm -hmm. i think is pretty interesting um but he's also done some just blocking and tackling things and fresh produce and and meat and improved that offer Uh, they're starting to uh, have higher penetration in fresh than dry which is always a good sign that you Mm -hmm. know that the uh, customer customer satisfaction is so highly linked to fresh and grocery that 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 ends up being a real marker of health so i think their year has been
0: amazing that that's awesome well it's cool that you guys linked up on that by people way of that love route.
1: love him too yeah. i feel like everyone we've talked to who work with albertson's they speak very highly of vivek so yeah
0: and he's kind of quiet too like yeah you know, he's kind of one that does that not is not on everyone's tip of the tongue too like Brian cornell for example yes um all right well, i'll go next kristen we'll save you for last i actually picked uh nike ceo john donahoe donahoe okay um you know and again for that reason like i was like I was thinking back, like, what company's done really well? And I'd actually single out Nike, too. And he's not somebody that gets a lot of attention. Like, I actually had to, you know, like, consciously think, who is the CEO of Nike now? Hmm. He's only been in the role since 2020. Uh, but, like, bold moves. You mentioned it. Like, they cut ties with wholesalers. Last week, they announced the, they're cutting ties with DSW. They've got the partnership with Dix. Doing all the great omnichannel foundational things, that I think, one needs to do. Then this week, they buy, what is it, the, the RTFKT yes. brand? Yeah, To build shoes in the metaverse. Like, that's just, you know, something that's that's super cool. And and had you told me to, my last point I would make, had you told me what company is going to be most impacted by the pandemic, you know, going into the pandemic? I yeah. would have said Nike because hmm. of the wholesale partners and the channels that they have going on and what the impact of physical retail would have been to them. Right. But seemingly they've averted that fairly well. So that was my pick. But Kristen, what do you think?
2: All right, well, I've got to go with Sarah Blakely of Spanx. Spanx. Oh, uh, yeah. Great. She had a All big right. year. You know, great year. And not only, I think, has she really led the company in successfully diversifying their assortment and like, I think she would say, right, lifting butts everywhere across all product <laughs> categories. Um, you know, it's not only what she's done with Spanx, but I think just as importantly or not even more so, like how she does it. I think mm-hmm. she leads with grit. She leads with humility. She leads with humor. And, and now with the sale to Blackstone, to an all women's team at Blackstone, they're going to put together an all women's board, obviously really supporting female entrepreneurs. And then on top of all that, right, with the sale of the company, she gives every employee $10,000 yeah. round trip tickets. I mean, I just think, you know, uh, it, she shows tremendous leadership um, across the board.
0: Yeah, most admirable CEO of 2021, for sure. This is a great show, and like we've never done this where we've had this many uh, p- topics already or, yeah. or awards, and we've not doubled up on a single one. I know, one. I'm shocked. I love it, too, because so much on this show, we're so candid and frank and very pointed in our criticism. It's cool to celebrate some yeah. all of this activity so widely.
1: Yes, I'm sure our listeners appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, they're probably like, oh my
0: God, this is totally different. <laughs> all right, David, let's go to you now first on this one. Retail Technology of the Year. Who wins that award for you?
3: I'm going to be very predictable on this. I think uh, the three of you could probably have guessed what I would say, but I'm going with just walk out technology. You are. Okay. Um, absolutely. I think, um, you know, it has gone from uh, kind of Star Wars, Star Trek, never going to happen discussions to real pilots. You've got Amazon Go now in their fresh stores, which is a bigger box. You've got a, a partnership with Starbucks that's coming, which I think is going to be groundbreaking. You've got Grabango and Circle K, Giant Eagle, and now ten BP stores—a ten-store mm-hmm. rollout. Uh, you got Trigo and Tesco and Rahway. Yeah. and Standard is the only one that I don't really get. But they launched a new <laughs> partnership with the Boston Woo Socks. Yeah, right. Uh, right. <laughs> that one is—that's a, a bit of a stretch for me. But but I mean, I think that the fact that we're already to uh, to ten store pilots is starting to suggest that uh, we're crossing the chasm, and this is going from just uh, kind of thick. Fiction to, uh, to real opportunity.
0: Yeah, and Trigo today announced another store, their third store in three months with Neto oh. in Germany, mm-hmm. like crazy. Yeah, funny, that was that was going to be my pick, but I thought it was kind of the easy pick. So I, I actually said there was a tie between that and actually I would say the BNPL trend. Mm-hmm. Um, by now, Pay has exploded, yeah. like statistics wise, I think up 400% over 2019. Yeah. But the point I would make is I think this is only going to explode even more next year mm-hmm. when we look back. I feel like I've picked computer vision for the last like three years, if yeah. I remember right. So I want to do something different. But the reason I say that is it's not yet predominant in terms of how you pay for things via when you're in store. Right. And with 80 to 90% of the volume still happening in stores for most retailers, once that happens, this trend is just gonna explode. Mm-hmm. And quite honestly, I think it's a better way to pay for most customers when you look at how credit works. Right. Now there's all kinds of questions you could have around it, but I think net net, if you want to use a credit instrument. It's a much better one than a traditional credit card and so well, there's it's so much explode. yeah
1: there's so much more flexibility yeah. in the options and and that i think I mean, we were even talking about that this week like there's so many more opportunities for retailers to take this on yep. um and and for the companies that are entering the space to just keep flexing with all of the op- options for payment that there are like not just the ones we know today not the four installments but like yeah, you know.
0: and I think Squares acquisition of Afterpay for $20 plus billion dollars this year really signaled yeah. that this is here. But yep. um all right, Kristen, what was your what was your pick? Retail well, technology I, of the year.
2: I'm gonna go for an oldie but newbie. Okay. Um, let, me, let me explain for a second. Okay. Um obviously, you know, sustainability, you know, huge focus. Um mm. ESG overall, sustainability in particular. Um within that, you know one avenue of delivering sustainability is the circular economy and always thinking about, you know, having the end in mind with your product. One of the biggest enablers of that is RFID technology. All
0: right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, some, so I'm love going with awesome RFID
2: awesome. because Are I think you? It, it, it's been around for a while, but I think now is, it's time to really, um, you know, fully catch hold, not only for the benefits of what it can do for, Retailers, inventory planning, et cetera, supply chain planning, but also what it can deliver in terms of a more sustainable future.
0: Awesome. Now, are you saying that too, based on your background as a consultant, what you've seen in terms of interest level from the companies you're working with over this past year? Like, have you seen a renewed interest in RFID? I mean, Anne and I have been predicting that, you know, for about the good better Mm -hmm. part of the last six to nine months. Would you say that's true or are we thinking about that the wrong way?
2: I think it goes both ways. We're certainly introducing it more and more as part of the conversation as, as sort of, you know, a key solver and a problem solver um, for some of our clients and, and the reception has been much stronger.
0: Okay. Awesome. All right, Ann. I think you have the final word here on retail technology of the year.
1: I do. I'm Dave, and I are are synced up. In, I picked I picked step. checkout free retail last year, but I mean, there is nothing that I think will be more impactful than what we saw, like Dave said this year. Especially, I think the only other thing I would add to is is the retailers who are partnering with amazon to bring it in like that's how yeah. big of a move this is we're seeing sainsbury's, sainsbury's yeah. you know the hudson news team and otg that are bringing this they're they're hiring amazon they're giving everything away to amazon just to, payment now too. Yes, Did you see that this week just yeah. to provide that technology so i think that you know that's undeniable but Kristen's rfid is a is a good second i think for me
0: yeah i think if i had to do mine over again i think i'd still go computer vision even though i picked in like the last three (laughs) or four years running, but all right, let's, let's keep moving. All right, Kristen, back to you. This is my favorite category of all. Well, maybe my second favorite category. If you stay to the end, we've got a really fun one that we've got planned at the end. What is, in your opinion, the most over, over overhyped technology of 2021?
2: You know, I just cannot get my arms around virtual reality, you know, and and it's for a simple reason is those things just look so weird on your head. (laughs) I just don't know I don't know if consumers are really willing to um, endure that and not, especially, you know, coming from fashion, not looking sort of hip, cool, et cetera, for the benefit. Are they really willing to trade that off for the possible benefits? I, I just don't, I, I don't see it.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. And what do you think about that comment from Kristen?
2: I
1: I can understand it Kristen I think that it's it's here I just cannot it's it's something we all better just figure out how to wrap our heads around because especially this next generation they it is cool it is an accessory for them they're like I mean my kid just went to like six birthday parties at the VR lab and everybody's doing it like it's it's just the new hot thing and they think that's a normal thing to have on their face I guess I, I used to
0: feel that way I, think I did I too this yeah a couple weeks ago I used to feel that way until I put the goggles on with all my buddies when I was out at Stanford's big game like a month ago, and totally changed my opinion of the whole thing. But so are you
2: but, saying that I'm acting like an old lady? Is that what I'm hearing? I'm not that saying I, that. I'll let you put I, your
0: own words it. in your mouth, Kristen. I'll let you put your own words in your mouth. But all right, moving on. <laughs> David, what's yours?
3: So mine is uh, third-party marketplaces. Ah!
0: Yes, <laughs> yes.
3: So we started this year advising our clients that you got to be where the customers are. You need to be on all the marketplaces. And that has transitioned to everyone launching a marketplace. Right, which yes. is
0: two different things, right? Which yeah. is two
3: very different things. Amazon, Alibaba, like places where customers are, it makes a lot of sense for retailers and brands to participate. Yes. I think they're, in the last month, we've seen Hudson's Bay, Land's Inn, right. and UNFI, Grocery Wholesale, launch their own marketplaces. I mean, the name of the game in marketplaces is traffic. Yeah. So I just don't understand how the, kind of these lower traffic type sites uh, expect for a marketplace to really move the needle. It just feels like we've gotten a little bit proliferated uh, from a marketplace perspective.
0: Mm-hmm. I could not agree more. That was my pick too. So the and mine time, and and yeah. so first time we've we've right. tripled up on this one. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have much more to add. I mean, I I just think you know why do I want a dog's breakfast of all the different things I can get at a Kroger or a yeah. J Crew or you know, giant food, like we talked about last week. I'm with you. I I just, I can't make sense of it. Seems like way over. I think we're going
1: to see those resources quickly get shifted to retail media networks and focusing on how they can capture the customer with that, those teams and those assets and that money versus, you know, this experience. It was easy. It was easy to like throw something together and just be like, okay, we're going to bring in this person and test it. Now I think you're right, Dave. It's
0: Yeah, that's a great point too. And having been through this ourselves, Anne, what I would tell people, if you happen to be working on a marketplace at one of those companies, (laughs) be very, very careful and have your resume ready because you don't know what's coming next should Anne's prediction come true. You might not have a great landing spot. All right. uh, Let's do headline of the year. Anne, I think we're back to you now.
1: Oh, all right. Um, Well, mine was that Amazon opened a fully autonomous grocery store, uh, this is just going to hit us over the head, you guys. 2022, I think, is going to be the year where Amazon redefines grocery. It's insane. That's yeah, all I have to
0: say. That's yours. Okay, the full Mike scale. I mean, that is a huge achievement, 100%. David, what did you say?
3: I said supply chain disruptions.
0: Oh, okay.
3: I just think that the, the dramatic impact this has had across all retail format, formats is going to have uh, long-lasting impacts. I mean, it's going to impact uh sourcing strategies logistics strategies for years to come i mean made in america could actually become a bit a, a much bigger deal uh based solely on mm. the, that disruption so i think it it could have a profound impact for the next 10 to 20 years
0: okay oh wow what say more why do you think for the next 10 to 20 years? well i just don't
3: think that there's ever been a disruption at this scale and and the cost benefits of outsourcing or uh, Offshore into Asia and, get it, and getting your product from from abroad um, when you can't get it has has caused retailers to really think about their their footprint of, of both manufacturing and sourcing. So I, I think we'll we'll start to see a more balanced uh, more balanced sourcing strategies where people are dual sourcing or bringing at least something some stuff back to,
0: to the US. So your prediction then, if I read it between the lines, you're saying like, we, we don't necessarily catch up on the supply chain gaps that we're seeing now. Like it's not just gonna return to normal that Well,
3: corporate. I think it's almost behavioral, right? Uh, like if you think about how the folks that went through the Great Depression, it, it actually changed their behavior for the whole year, for yeah. their whole lives. I think that r- retailers and merchants right now not being able to get product for holidays, it's going to have a profound impact on how they go about their business
0: moving forward. Interesting, interesting.
3: And
1: and the fact that like supply chain became a common vernacular among customers. Like nobody yeah. is ever talking at Thanksgiving yeah. dinner about supply chain shortages. Like that's not been a topic and so i think dave's right. Like not only is this going to impact the retailers, but i think it's impacting how customers are shopping and shaping kind of where what their expectations are of 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 shopping and where they're going to shop, where they're deciding to shop.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So- so the continued move from just in time to more of a contingency based supply chain approach yeah. is, is what Dave's signaling out there, signaling out there. All right, Kristen, what, did, what was yours?
2: I also went with a broader based headline, okay. um, but like they picked it because I really think it does have medium to long term implications and that's labor shortages, yeah. right? Um, Those are the so, two big
0: things coming yeah. this year mm-hmm. for sure.
2: Yeah. So what does it mean in terms of, of how retailers are going to you know hire or retain employees um how is it going to shift the store labor model how is it going to shift the dc labor model um you know it could this you know for the first time in a long time the the employee is in charge right the employee has the upper hand um which i also think has great implications potentially for a larger middle class etc so um i am all about the labor shortages
0: Okay, got it. So, and check this out. We, the, we have the two consultants on. Leave it to them to go <laughs> macro
1: level on yeah. the headline of the year. You and I dive deep into the weeds. Into one <laughs> into headline. one headline. Specifically from <laughs> August 22nd, right. 2021. <laughs> right. That's why they do what they do and we yes. do what we do. Yes. All
0: right, mine, mine simply was... I, you know, I could have gone to Amazon. I actually went Trigo and Tesco because I thought that was more important. I think I felt like I knew Amazon was coming. In fact, I predicted it last year that it was going to happen. Kudos to me for that one in <laughs> Forbes. Um, yeah, thanks, Sam, for the pat on the back. But I think the Trigo and Tesco uh, headline this year, the opening of the store in High Holborn, sig- signals that the industry is now getting the punchline to the joke mm-hmm. that this is coming at least a part of it is and there's now uh technology providers that can help stand up the same type of operation that amazon has which i think is pretty important all right let's keep moving on david let's go to you all right let's see where you guys took this one see if you stayed macro level or say if you went a little bit deeper headline that deserved more attention than it received in 2020. instacart
3: shifting from pure delivery to being a SaaS provider to retailers
0: Ooh, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think yeah, it's,
3: I uh, I it, it signals that the, the profitability of a pure delivery model uh, is pretty challenged. And I think that many of those companies, the DoorDashes and Instacarts of the world, are going to have to move into software as a service or data as a service to augment the, the less profitable businesses and get the kind of uh, profit profile that they want
0: interesting mm-hmm. that's a really good pick i might want to change my pick like the instacart not knowing what it needs to be when it goes up when i can't you change Dave my pick. and kristen
1: the smart consultants give their picks like why not why the hell not are there
0: rules here are there rules in how i work i don't know all right i'll go back to my original one all right so mine was actually pop shelf mm. i think the pop coming of pop shelf needs to get more attention i was doing some research so this is according to Corey hale and forbes dollar just to give him a perspective To remind everyone, Dollar General opened up eight pop-shelf stores between October 2020 and May 2021. The gross margin in those stores was reported 40%, which is eight percentage points higher than a traditional Dollar General store, and the stores also had annualized sales ranging from $1.7 to $2 million per store, compared with $1.4 million for the traditional first-year Dollar General store when it opens. The chain now has 36 of them in operation, and don't forget that the income demographic they're targeting here is 125,000 plus hmm. and they said they're going to open up 1,000, you know, over the next few years. So that to me was the story. It kind of came on at the end here, but I think it's it's pretty damn big if they can get to those numbers.
1: Hmm. Okay.
0: All right. Yeah? You kind of you're like, mm-hmm. okay. Don't want to change your opinion though, huh? I don't. I don't right, think fine. that's as groundbreaking as you're not gonna throw me a bone. No. All right. Well what's case. yours then?
1: I said that ship's oh. personal shopping service is mm. what my what stole my headline um because of the of what Dave was saying. Instant delivery is a losing game. The, you cannot make money off of that. And so in order to be successful, you're gonna have to figure out all of these instant delivery providers how you're going to differentiate yourselves. And I think that SHIFT is, is providing personal shopping and concierge service for all. And that's how, you know, whether or not that works, we'll have to see. But I think that they're the only ones uh, that I think are really doing something to, to be different and to provide a higher level. They're going the higher level of service route versus the I can get it to you in 10 minutes route
0: a great pick. Great pick. Sleeper pick too. Like I hadn't thought about that in a while. That's a good one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. So mine Kristen, was around
2: retailers as media companies like Kroger's announcement. Um, mm. And it's really interesting because I think, I think there are opportunities for both vertically integrated retailers all the way to, you know, multi-brand retailers in different ways. But thinking about how are you going to leverage yeah. Either leverage or engage the customer in your in store your your customer or in store in a different and unique way, and so to extend your brand outward and create additional ways to make money. Um, so I thought that that one was really interesting, and I think thinking about depending on what type of retailer you are, where the boundaries of that should be, I think will be an important next step.
0: Yeah, that's a great pick, too. Yeah. Great high-level pick again, too. God, I love this show. <laughs> like, this is such a good... This is, like, honestly, my favorite show. Next year, the only thing that would make this better is if we were all in person. So we could all give each other slant eyes as we're talking, like... And drink champagne. To yeah, right? We should toast. <laughs> we should toast. All right, I think this next award is quite honestly one where we're probably going to double up yep. to some degree. Yep. And that is the best new partnership that we saw in 2021. I'll go first on this one. Really simply, I think it's Starbucks and Amazon Go. Yep. I think I sum it up this way, you get more options to eat at Starbucks than the plastic laminated food that's under that display case, which quite honestly is not that appealing to me. You get better operations by way of pickup only for Starbucks gives Amazon Go the traffic hook that Mm -hmm. it needs as well. And it's completely in line with what Starbucks does with nearly every other retailer. The one thing that I think people are kicking themselves for now, and I won't name any specific retailers, but there's a lot of retailers that probably have certain exclusivity written in their contracts who probably, with Starbucks placements in their stores, they probably never even fathomed Amazon opening up a physical store (laughs) and didn't get ahead of that. And look where you are now. All right, David. I went with
3: GoPuff and Uber. I think Uber Eats, you know, you order it from a restaurant, you've got your food coming. It's very natural to want either convenience items and or alcohol at the same time. So I think it's a match made in heaven uh, mm-hmm. and it could be, I think it's a win-win for both. It gives, you know, it, it builds on Uber's strong restaurant delivery business. And it's, you know, I think it's from a brand building perspective, it opens GoPuff to a, to a wider range of customers. So I think it's a brilliant partnership.
0: Awesome. Okay, got it. Instant delivery making its appearance. All right.
3: Kristen, uh, well,
2: what about I just you? I have to say that I take offense to one of your Starbucks comments because I really love those egg sandwiches under that plastic case. So, this, you know, <laughs> just to say it.
1: Just so say does it Anne.
2: It's
1: all right. So There's no kid. shame in it. So does my kid, actually. Sometimes it's the exactly. best option of all of the options when you're exactly. traveling, Chris. Right. Oh, I don't disagree. I just want more options. So,
0: like, yeah. you can have all that. And if I want a bag of Doritos while I'm sitting there writing That's an article. True. I can have that You want too,
2: optionality. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So 100%. I went with GNC and Walmart. I really like okay. what the CEO of, of GNC, Josh Burris, is doing. I think he's really focused on kind of democratizing health and wellness for, you know, the masses. At the same time, because of GNC's brand, they're also able to deliver really niche sort of focused higher-end products against, you know, more of that elite level fitness person. Um, so I thought this was a, a really big bold move especially considering they still have a partnership with Rite Aid so it you know it's a huge growth strategy channel expansion for them um and I I love it
0: that's a good call I had forgotten about that partnership yeah that was kind of earlier in the year that's Mm -hmm. a good one and what about you
1: um i picked starbucks and amazon i think that is going to blow up they both have the skill like they can they're the only ones who could partner and do that at scale so fast like we're going to start seeing that i think just you know blow up in the urban cores but then it's an easy concept to put in any starbucks anywhere in the world dave's Dave's uh, the thing i love about the starbucks partnership
3: amazon implicitly competes with almost every retailer Starbucks is not one of them, right? So,
0: that, yeah, exactly. I was going to say that too. No, exactly. For me, it's a it's a it's, it's a win win. There, right?
3: There's a ton of, of of Starbucks locations, physical locations. So it's it's a match made in heaven. I agree. It, it would have been second place on my uh, ballot.
0: Second place. All right. Good to know. Good to know. We haven't done that. Like second place. I mean, I guess I said it with Albert's. Wait,
1: there's yeah, yeah, Okay. All
0: and it's right, still and still let, silver. And there's only gold. Oh, go ahead,
1: remember? Yeah. Yes,
0: that's that's right. There is only gold when it comes to Omni Talk and handing out what we think. Yeah, Susan
1: Lucci would probably like that category too, but it's not gonna happen. Good reference, and good reference. Just you gotta. The millennials are like, what? Who's
0: that? But yeah, no, it's a good reference. All right, I love it. You're wearing nice. All right, all right. You're gonna go first here. All right. Okay. All right. Best move, best strategy move from a struggling retailer in 2021.
1: Uh, I picked Quick Lots going into an old Nordstrom anchor store in Hearst, Texas. I think you might have been what out on your. Lots? I think you might have been out when this happened. Quick. quick Lots is All like right. a bargain bin oh, right. yeah. like retailer that takes yeah. uh, returns from Amazon and Walmart, among many others. Um, and they went into this old Nordstrom that closed in Hearst, Texas, and now they're selling all the return products. You just like go in there, and there's like a bargain basement day. Each day, there's a different. Like all the bins are seven dollars, yeah. six dollars. Right. And I, I think that story. as you start to think about like again why people are going to to the mall anymore, like what's what's a place that you can use that much space? I think this is really cool and yeah. could start to expand. Dave, I know one show that you did too with us i remember we were talking about like how this expands if like best buy tried to do this or if amazon starts to open return centers and malls and what the opportunity is i think people are going to start to see this is a reason why people will go this is a good use of those giant anchor the anchors that are emptied.
0: yeah that's a great headline that's a really good headline i mean we've talked about that a lot the reimagining of that type of experience yeah. that's cool yep um david so I how like about you
3: macy's nfts around the, the parade I mean, uh, listen, I've, you know, at I've this point, some of these struggling retailers need to, to monetize every asset that they have, right? And I thought it was a creative use. I I frankly don't know that much about NFTs, but I know that retailers are going to have to start getting smarter because they are becoming a bigger and bigger part of the ecosystem, especially in the product development front. You know, thinking about how those, uh, those mm-hmm. sketches and things that become classic apparel uh, I think there's just there's a there's a lot of opportunities opportunity to, to for incrementality from a re- uh, revenue perspective there
1: yeah, absolutely. That that was was, gonna,
0: I was surprised that wasn't your
3: pick Anne. that
1: was gonna be my pick okay. um yesterday too because we are we're already seeing headlines of like all these other retailers post think Macy's Thanksgiving day nfts that are starting to come out with their own. I don't know that they're gonna have the same success with them, but that's fine,
0: right? Yeah, how how long you can keep that going? Yeah, yeah it's yeah. a really good point. Yeah. All right, Christian, what about oh, you?
2: That's a tough one. Um, you know, I could go with with some of the the good moves I think struggling retailers made, like Bed Bath, obviously double downing on private label. I would say a non struggling retailer that I think made a strategic move is in line with what Dave said, and I think where NFTs do make sense is more in the luxury end because you already, you know, you're already you're basically monetizing what you what you already can leverage. And if something is desirable like Chanel versus possibly, you know, a Macy's assortment, then I think that that has legs and product Mm -hmm. extensions with an NFT. So like Chanel's partnership with NFTs, I give a a big thumbs up. And I think you're gonna see more and more of that starting in the luxury space or with Nike, et cetera, who has all these properties that carry a lot of weight in the physical world and they can monetize in the non-physical world.
0: Okay, got it. So yours yours is more similar to David's. It's, you know, I'm like, you know, so basically like the luxury move towards yeah. NFTs and exploring that, that arena. Okay, I'm surprised, you guys. I picked one that I actually thought was was a clear winner that I thought you guys would all pick. Mm. All right, I'm going to tell you what it is. I think I actually thought the best move was uh, Sephora going into Kohl's. Would
2: you say Sephora is struggling?
0: No, Kohl's was struggling. Like it's a good yeah, move true. for Kohl's. Yeah. you know going uh cole's parting with sephora to bring them into their stores and so you know and the reason i said that i'd like to give people background listening like 200 stores they open inside of kohl's by the Mm -hmm. by this fall 850 planned for 2023 according to placer ai they're already seeing traffic differences in those stores to the tune of six percentage points to 30 percentage points yeah so you know when you look at that type of store rollout schedule here that to me says signals that there's a lot of dry powder in the keg. Now Kohl's has, you know, kind of been buoyed like everyone has this year from a stock price perspective, but I think that at least has some mileage for it to go to stem off kind of what is inevitable seemingly for the department store industry. Mm. So, and you're you man, you and I are not linked up on anything. Why do you why are you giving I mean, me this? I mean, they slow
1: saw talk? a 24% increase in traffic when you could return Amazon packages there too, but were people actually buying well, more at placer, Kohl's? This is placer though. This is placer. This is yeah, kind of Kohl's data. I know I'm just saying though, like that's fine if they're going in for the Sephora thing, but what is Kohl's actually seeing as a result of that? Are people actually buying things in Kohl's when they're going there for Sephora, or are they getting their Sephora stuff and they're out?
0: Well, it's still an additional purchase, you know? Like, it's still Kohl's. You're mm. buying Sephora at Kohl's, so you're still getting credit for that purchase. Okay. Um, okay, so you're skeptical of that. Yeah. Wow. I thought that one was like a dead ringer. I thought Chris was going to say that for sure. Okay. <laughs> Didn't happen. <laughs> All right. All right. Fine. 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 I stand corrected. Best laid plans of mice and men sometimes just don't come together. All right, I get it. All right, we're going to close this out now. The, the, this is the topic, the award we've all been waiting for. Uh, and Kristen, let's start with you. That We're going to get a little predictive here. Mm-hmm. We're going to give tomorrow's headlines today, everybody. And so the question is, who wins the award for the headline you expect to dominate in the summer of 2022?
2: Blank, blank buys
0: Peloton. Who do you think I'm going to say? Ooh. Uh, good question. I'm going to, I think you'll say Nike, but I'm not sure.
2: I'm going to go with Apple.
0: Oh, Apple. Yeah. Right. That's a better, that's a better oh. I'm gonna go
2: with, with Apple, another, another device in your home, right? All that access to all that potential content. Um, I'm going with Apple buys Peloton.
0: Wow. Okay. Okay. And, and why do you say that? Tell us more. Like, why do you, why do you think that that could be something we're looking at here come summer, 2022?
2: Well, I think Apple needs to, like everybody needs to look at different avenues for for growth. Um, and I think, you know, they're they're looking to forward doing more forward integration versus um, integration on the supply chain side. Hmm. Um, and I think what they do really well actually is supply chain already, right? So I think, you know, if one of the challenges is how do you make more chips for more bikes, um, I think that they have a great opportunity to to you know be in the home of of the
1: customer through another device. Wow. Okay, good. That's a good one.
0: Yeah. So, and the big thing there too is Peloton on the potential acquisition block. I like that a lot, just even as a topic. I hadn't thought about it Well, that if coming they keep
1: in. going down, Chris. Right. There could be <laughs> pressures for <laughs> There's them. There's going to be a lot of like interested that buyers. That's
0: an interesting point. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm still regretting the pick from last good. year. Good.
1: But wholeheartedly, thank you for bringing that up again mm-hmm. and pouring salt in my wounds, Ann. All right, Ann, why don't you go next? I think we're going to see Amazon opening uh, clinics in the Amazon Fresh store like moving more into the healthcare space like in, in the healthcare? I love that one. Yeah. I think like there yeah. if you think about what another convenient thing for Amazon customers is going to be in those stores. It's especially with like the waves that are still happening. Like if you could do COVID-19 testing in the Amazon Fresh Store at like a minute clinic situation, mm. like I think that could just explode. And Amazon has the capability to do that.
0: Interesting. See, I think that's a little too aggressive, but it's funny because I was actually thinking of something similar to that, which mm. would be similar to Amazon Starbucks. Another natural fit to me feels like Amazon Walgreens.
1: Yeah. You know, yeah. For those same yeah. reasons. Yeah. So for sure. You think that's kind of long. Yeah, lines. I think we'll see a big push into healthcare.
2: Or could you have Amazon delivery driver actually giving you a COVID test as they deliver your package?
1: Yeah, potentially, man, they're not going to like that. They already pee in bottles. Like, I feel like they're going to be like, I don't have time to do this. Now I have to go in and COVID test a family. Can I use your bathroom while I'm in there, please?
0: Yeah, I think I still prefer the lab coat over the delivery driver too. But um, All right, David, what about you? So mine is late arriving inventory
3: piles up leading to the deepest markdowns in retail history.
2: Oh,
0: that's a good one. That's a good one. All right. Say more. I mean, you kind of covered it already, but tell us more. Yeah, No, I listen. I think
3: a lot of the supply chain challenges are going to result in retailers having overordered and getting it later than they they wanted it. And frankly, they're going to end up with a bunch of coats arriving in March and there's not much you can do, right? You're going to have to mark it down and liquidate. And I think we'll see, uh, you know, a, a very, a very intense markdown period come spring.
1: And, and are people going to have the money to spend on stuff in March? That's like, a good what are, where's the consumer's mindset going to be come March and whatever is going on with the economy at that point in time? Yeah, too. Interest rates like, are
0: going up, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. lots of big questions hmm. coming out
1: there. That's a good one. All right, okay. I'm, all right, okay. I'm just kind
0: of surprised. I got my last one here. So, kind of surprised again, it didn't come up. But I think Amazon's going to open up its department store and I think it's going to blow the socks off everyone. I think I've been thinking about this a lot. Initially, I thought it was going to be like the bargain basement return center thing, which I think it still might be a component of. But I'm actually starting to wonder if it's going to be RFID enabled for apparel and mm-hmm. a just walkout combination where mm-hmm. they have figured out the technology sync up between RFID and just walkout technology to blow our socks off of a department store iteration. That's my prediction in terms of what's Well,
1: what's it eliminates the next. smash and grab problem.
0: It does. Yeah, it, it does. 100%. It totally does.
1: I mean, how many? I mean, there will be a way that somebody will yeah, figure somebody out figure how to out, like do that. But yeah, all the products
0: that are stolen are identifiable. They've got yeah. a camera on you coming in, potentially. Yeah, I the mean,
1: Amazon driver just comes to the location where all the things been stolen, and they just pick it up. Then Does that and the give COVID test at the same time, <laughs> I guess, right? I guess
0: right. But yeah, but I think I think that one's been kind of a, it was almost my under the radar headline too, because I just think that they're going to do something that's going to be yeah. pretty impressive. So, all right, well, any before we close this out today. Any, any, any regrets, anything you guys would think about doing differently? I admitted my shortcomings and said, you know what? I would pick that, that one. I'm curious. Any, any, any final thoughts to wrap things up? Kristen, Dave?
2: I I do like your Cole Sephora pick. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. I I, I do like that one. Um, Regrets, no remorse. Great. Okay. Yes.
0: Right, right, right. David, what about you? Anything you've got in summary here?
3: The Amazon uh Starbucks partnership uh I think is probably will actually end up being a bigger deal than uh than GoPuff and Uber, but uh but I'll stick with my guns.
1: All right. Yeah. We'll stick still sticking to it. Okay. How about you, Ann? In in the words of my, my father in law who passed away this year, we must move forward regardless of consequences, Chris. So no, no regrets. Let's get into twenty twenty two and let's make it a really good year. <laughs> yeah, let's put
0: twenty twenty one in our review. Yes. I couldn't agree. Yes.
1: All right, well, that wraps us up. Happy
0: birthday today to J.B. Smoove, Benjamin Bratt, and Kristen Ritter, whose turn as Jesse's girlfriend in Breaking Bad was quite underrated in my opinion. Okay. Say
1: yeah. Kristen Ritter. Yeah,
0: Kristen ah. Ritter. She, she was Jesse's girlfriend. She like OD'd. It was really gross. And oh, disgusting. God. No, but anyway,
1: I put that behind me. All right. Turn, turn now.
0: But guys, great having you guys on the show. Dave and Kristen, if people want to get in touch with you, get in contact with you, learn more about AM, Consumer and Retail Group, what's the best way for them to do that? Kristen.
2: Uh, please reach out to me on LinkedIn, Kristen Kohler Burroughs, or um, at email is kburrows at alvarez and Marcel. Dot
0: com and happy holidays,
3: toasta, toasta to everyone. Yeah. Same here, David Ritter on LinkedIn and dritter at alvarezandmarsal.com. Uh, and if you want to learn more about our group, uh, it is
0: www.alvarezandmarsal-crg.com.
3: Awesome. Thank you and happy holidays.
0: Yeah, thank you. Happy holidays to you guys too. Thank you for all your support of us this past year. It's always great having you guys on our show. And remember, to those of you listening and watching, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, please, please, please make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And we try really hard to make it fit all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at www.omnitalk.blog. Thanks, as always, for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And it's been an emotional year, to say the least. Yes. I wouldn't want to do this with anyone else. Aww. So thank you for all everything you've done this year. Happy holidays to all our listeners. Yes. Like I said before, we're off for the next two weeks, returning
1: in January with a bang. And, of course, as always, be careful out there. The Yami Talk Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The a Consumer and Retail Group is a management consultant firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities towards their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit Takeoff.com.